0: Hello everyone, I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, Hank Bogler, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. I'm riding a horse in the middle of the pasture, and so it may sound a little strange today. Actually, no, that's a lie, Hank Bogler. I'm not riding a horse, I'm riding a bus from New Orleans jackson mississippi the arise usa tour is underway we had a fantastic meeting last night with one day's notice one day we announced that we're going to be at the gallery on magazine and we had over 200 people that just showed up because they want to take america back you should have been there hank vogler it was your kind of place
1: well uh we've had a little rain out here and uh uh cool weather course and then they've had some pretty good range in different places in nevada not here but better than nothing and uh, we're kind of moving right along trying to get our lambs docked heading for san Jacinto at jackpot things like that so we're kind of not winding down but i still have my yearlings in california because i can't find anybody to herd them or drive the water truck to buy water for them and that's a bit of a consternation the past year in California, at this time of the year, is expensive, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. so we're having fun.
0: Which has nothing to do with you being in New Orleans last night for the Arise USA Tour, but that's all good stuff.
1: Well, and, Mr. <laughs> Lewis, after all these years, uh, when I don't want to address something, I change the subject why, generally. Why Why? So, do, wouldn't you want to surprise. address taking
0: the country back? That doesn't make any sense.
1: Oh, I... I, I I'm 110% behind that, and God love your work. That's what you're for. I'm I'm Frog, or Gabby Hayes, or Pat Brady. You're you're the star. You're the one that's supposed to be out there doing that. I'm supposed to be home feeding the chickens while you're gone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, actually, I'm just riding a bus. The one doing the work is Kelly, who, uh, only because I married way, way, way well will we pull this off. Or, well, or I'll have no pigs when I get home. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> but a large barbecue going yeah, on the dry, Exactly. Man. It sure looks like everybody's been well fed. <laughs> All right, yeah. so we'll, we'll come into your world because you don't want to come into mine. So a little moisture is better than no moisture. But kind of once you break the cycle, it, it starts coming, right? I mean, it's about that first rain.
1: Well, that is uh, has happened. They say this is the driest it's been in twelve hundred years uh it's the i think the sixth dri- driest it's ever been from October to April and the third driest April on record or vice versa but it uh it's uh it's pretty profound. I can tell you that yeah.
0: so twelve hundred years.
1: Uh, <laughs> I was a little kid then, so I don't remember, but that's what the big guys say. So.
0: All right. Well, just think about how amazing it is that they can go back and and look at that kind of whether it be tree rings or whatever, and estimate that what happened 1,200 years ago.
1: I assume that's what they're using to, is uh, tree rings. Yeah. Nevada has, I believe, the oldest trees on Earth, bristlecone pine. And uh, they've drilled holes in them that uh, show the growth back uh, before before Christ. So anyhow,
0: problem is you you can't no. find a 1,200 year old tree.
1: Well, you can out here, I guess, the bristlecones or something <laughs> like that. They, nobody wants them. Yeah, yeah, that's you know like the Sierra Nevadas. Most of those were chopped down. For mine timbers a long, long time ago and they're all regrowth. Uh, you know, everywhere that this pristine forest, virgin forest, they really don't exist. They're, they're actually second growth or even some instances third growth. I believe there's still some old redwood trees. Mm-hmm. But Mother Nature doesn't really care about you. I'm sorry, Trent. I know it's going to break your heart. Yeah. But Mother Nature does whatever Mother she Nature wants. wants. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah. And if you allow the light fuels to build up and don't harvest them through years ago buffalo or something else uh, lightning strikes, no fire departments, there were huge burn scars and have been for thousands and thousands and thousands of years so man's supposed to be smarter than the average rat and so therefore we should be harvesting these things through livestock to feed people and uh, products that uh, in areas that can't be farmed. And uh, 90% of the earth has that issue. But we're going to follow the National Environmental Policy Act, which was tenderly shoved into the system in the 70s and then kind of let there and ferment. And now, any kind of a project, whether it's fixing a highway in Iowa, Nebraska, or opening up a Lithium mine to make us independent of the Chinese lithium and other minerals. Uh, it takes ten years, which is just absolutely counterproductive. It, can't, it just it, and then all the payoffs. That's the thing that gets me. Nobody understands that. These mines out here in Nevada have bought huge ranches, and then to so they can get their mine open, they have to have the blessing of of the different government agencies, whether it be Nevada Department of Wildlife or whatever, so they wind up mitigating the damage by turning over parts of the ranch to these different agencies, which is nothing more than extortion. And that's the things that you should be discussing with every state in the union, because we're all going to be affected the same thing.
0: I'm guessing that the folks in New Orleans last night, and I'm not going to tell you that I went into great detail, but I'm guessing most of them heard the first thing about federal land ownership that they've heard in their life. And I tied in 30 by 30 uh, because, you know, federal government owns 28% of the U.S. landmass, not constitutional to own anything, and uh, 4%, four percent, 4.5% owned by state governments, so and now we want to tie up another 30%. percent i got to tell you, it doesn't matter whether you're in agriculture, own land, or not. That that gets people's attention, and it is.
1: Yeah. yeah. So. And, and, and for what? The land that they already have, their management skills are lacking mm-hmm. because of the National Environmental Policy Act It gives people with no skin in the game a seat at the table, and without consensus, you don't get anything done. So then you wind up doing extortion to get a project moving, and yeah. thirty by thirty will only drag us down that much more.
0: By the way, so, yeah, what, do you, what, do you, <laughs> what do you think the number one agricultural product produced in the state of Louisiana is? Probably beef. Yeah, no, that's wrong. Or sugar. Uh, sugar is it? Sugar? Sugar's up there. You're right. Louisiana is a great sugarcane state, but not number one. I, I think you could guess until the cows came home, Hank, and you wouldn't get it right because I would not have gotten it right.
1: Crawfish. <laughs>
0: Crawfish is their number one uh, seafood. Uh, yeah, fish. That's that's. But within the fish category only, not number one agricultural product. It's forestry.
1: Oh yeah, I, yeah, sugar pines or whatever they call them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But think about the mismanagement of the, f- the federal land and the forestry, which has opened an, an avenue for all, you know, you know, as well as I do. You talk to Eddie Leverett or all across this country. Tr- tree farming has become a great opportunity and more power to them. And then we import still a significant amount of lumber from Canada because we can't manage the land that we own the trees on. And now we want to manage the land in every way, shape, or form. Look at the past record; past the history shows you how much land the federal government should be in charge of.
1: Yeah, and and they well, and little things like the the what is it? The Red River that separates Oklahoma and Texas, and and of course during flooding and things like that, it changes. And they say, hey, well, then that's ours. That's ours, Bureau of Land Management. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I've got thousands, hundreds of thousands of acres on this property here that have been destroyed by the wild horses because nobody will step up to them. This, This last week, the manager of Southern Nevada Water Authority cut the pipeline to devastate my baby lambs.
0: They took the
1: fuse box and cut cut the wires to a well. All
0: right, hang on. That's where we're going to pick it up, what's going on with Southern Nevada Water Authority. From the bus tour, the Arise USA Tour is just off and running the first weekend, in case you're just getting the first bits and pieces of that. The first weekend will go through Labor Day. That's right. We are going to go to what it looks like 48 states, 85 stops. We need you to be a part of it. We'll be coming through Elko, if you're in Hank's area, I think June 18th. So stay tuned for full details. It's around the 18th or the 19th. I know that Salt Lake City is the 22nd. And it's one mission simple. Get people to get engaged in the representative republic. Arise USA, the Resurrection Tour, Constitutional Counties, Faith, Family, and Freedom. Get involved. More Hank Bogler. Roll route after this. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Loose alongside. Hank Bogler. I'm riding in the back of a bus. We just hit a smooth section. Hank. I'm in the. I'm in the back, which means, you know what it's like. I get all the the teeter totter effect, but, I'm probably going to get rather spoiled just getting in the bus and Jack driving me where we need to be.
1: <laughs> well I, <clears throat> that was my job when you get rich and famous i was going to be your chauffeur but now you bump me out just like that you throw <laughs> me out like an old
0: shirt it, i had to bump you out because you can't keep an h worker so you got to keep docking <laughs> lambs instead of joining me on the bus that's your fault not mine um,
1: i guess that's right yeah yeah the the, the land of opportunity you, you don't have to swim the Rio Grande. Just sign up for the H-2A program and we'll fly you in here for nothing. That one boy, the ticket to fly him up here cost 2153 bucks. I had to pay $300 to him for reimbursement fee mm-hmm. for having to stay overnight in Lima. Uh, I had to buy his $450 visa. Oh, I had to pay for everything. I made him about 3000 bucks, and he didn't even hardly have his suitcase unpacked. When the coyote came and picked him up, wow! And he's been crying for a job for a year. Oh, please, Patron, I gotta have a job. I'm starving down here. There's no work. It's terrible. Well, uh, he, did, like I say, I mean, uh, I didn't have time to beat him with a shovel or anything else that you know we're accused of doing. Right. So uh, he just he's gone, and and these other boys just gone. No consequences whatsoever. And they'll probably get green cards because of, of mm-hmm. uh, being here during the Biden administration. Seven of them. Seven people. Now you oh. take just seven times 3,000, that's a pretty good little burden in the last four months.
0: Okay, uh, I'm going to get back to Southern Nevada Water Authority and what they did to your wires. But we got to stay here for a moment because if they stay in the H-2A program, then there are going to be restrictions and they're going to be watched over and they have to actually work. We're at a point in time where this country encourages illegals to come in. We put them up in hotels. We give them money. Why would you be an H-2A worker and work and deal with all this regulation when in fact the incentive is to just be a freeloader? It's human nature.
1: Yeah. Or take the job. that. The American freeloader, you know, I mean I've always said this about the casino industry in Nevada, I think that the minimum wage is around $8 an hour well, as soon as you get here and you get your job making beds or whatever that keeps you below the poverty line, so you could go sign up for all these government programs, bring grandma over, bring all these other people with you, get them all signed up, and it's in the tens of thousands of dollars in benefits you get for making beds and mowing lawns at a casino. So are we subsidizing, as American citizens, the, the, the casinos also? You know, and, and, I mean, the two most powerful groups in this state are the Culinary Union and the casino groups. And and yet the labor is being paid by the fact that they can all sign up for these Programs. So again, I mean, uh, everybody's in bed again. It's like the USDA budget. What is it? 10, 15% actually goes to help farmers. The rest of it is where we hide all of these social programs.
0: Snap benefits.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which you know, well, and anybody raises their head about that, they go, "Oh, yeah, now wait a minute."
0: I don't actually know if they, through that snap. Deal. I don't know if those numbers hold true for the past twelve months. To be honest, though, Hank, because let's face it, farmers have gotten a lot of payments in the last twelve months. Not this one. No question about Not it. Not this one, but people have.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I will willfully admit uh, it's probably helped keep me in business with all these wonderful things going on with the. Uh, with the livestock forage program and things like that that, mm-hmm. that have um, helped me manage my herd. As soon as the the drought is over, et cetera, et cetera, there will be no more help. It's not a matter of I can sign up for that every year and and uh, get anything. It's it's like an insurance policy, and I, I make no bones about it. It 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 certainly takes the sting out of 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 the drought and the drop in prices. I produce, and, and maybe I'm making an excuse for myself, but I'm producing something that goes through the entire economy and keeps people uh, from having their belly button bang into their backbone. So there's my justification.
0: Yeah, I want to tell you what. There is an awakening and people realizing, I mean, not enough. But, you know, 21 years I've been out hitting the highway... Telling people that food, food farming, and food production is a means of national security, people are starting to realize that. I mean, I had people last well, night in New Orleans said, "Is it possible that we really won't have access to food?" I said, "Yes, it's possible," and all it takes is a, a damage to the infrastructure of energy, whether that be in electricity or diesel fuel, and you're in trouble. That's all it
1: takes. Yes, sir. Uh, well, and not only that, look at like 90% of the pharmaceuticals are not made in this country anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, All uh, of these things. Yeah, and they're made in China, by the way.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: yes. And antibiotics so, again, are even higher than that.
1: Yeah. So, I, I mean, you name it, we have farmed it out somewhere else. And, and uh, uh, money will move where it is the, the largest profit. And when, uh, when you could go to, you know, and, and guess what? China had better wake up. I th- India's population is going to exceed theirs and mm-hmm. throw in Vietnam, Thailand, Malaysia, all those Asian countries that have huge populations that want a job, that are hopping from island to country to country to catch up with the disparities in labor people are going to chase that now maybe that's not good for our economy and maybe we should have industry come back here but how do we do that when we spend so much money subsidizing uh, lethargy Yeah, <laughs> I
0: mean, uh, paying people to be lazy it's we, that simple
1: yeah and, and and people can do the math and there's no different in Guatemala or Mexico or Honduras they can make more money in one day than they can in a month or two months in their own country and in their own country they're run by a, a, a bigger mafiosa than we have in the United States and so they, their quality of life and their value of life is zero and all they got to do is figure what they find people from 160 countries crossing the border down there yeah I mean it, it, it's it's insanity <laughs> so
0: (laughs) Uh, it truly is insanity because we are told you continue to do the same thing expect different results you're insane that's what we're doing
1: and they're not all going to vote democratic The, the, the Latinos you remember those Hispanic folks escaped socialism escaped communism escaped all the goofiness yeah, Look at the people in Venezuela. They're invading Chile to where Chile says, get out of here. They're invading Peru, Colombia. They're going all over because of social communism. Call it whatever you want, same thing. A little tiny group of people are running the show. They're no different than Kim Jong-un or whatever his name is in North Korea. Yeah. or Or China. And China's let the genie out of the bottle. They're never going to get those people to go back with a uh, taking hose and, and, and raising agricultural products. Uh, I've been there three times, and they've got Lamborghinis and Bentleys and Rolls Royces. Every, you know, not everybody's driving them, but somebody is. Right. And whether they're favored by the government or what, it's still all capitalism. It's a capitalistic bunch of people that are being controlled by a bunch of communists, and you can call it anything you want. But that's what it is and they're unarmed don't ever forget that when you're unarmed all you could do is say i'd be shuffling boss don't hit me no more i mean what else can you do
0: so unless hey, you hmm. i got one minute last night i'm back on new orleans because we just kicked this thing off in the right venue but there was a lady in the audience who came up to me uh during one of the breaks and she said uh well, I'll just cut to the chase. She was from Israel. She moved to the United States, New Orleans, to be exact, in two thousand three, and we were talking about all these losses of freedom. And she said, "I had to leave Israel because I, I was so bombarded with information about the Holocaust." And I was she, her business was actually visiting with people who were survivors, Holocaust survivors. But the thing that she said that was most troubling, and you're the one who's been banging this home since we started this conversation 18 years ago, is that what I learned is that I was talking to people who had experienced things that even in Israel, Israel, our own history books were not teaching kids. And it's like, why do we ignore these things? Hank Vogler, we will pick it up there. We truly are going to talk about cutting that water line or cutting the power to the watering of the lambs, Neogen, creating opportunities to shine a light on your genetic future. It's all about the genomics and knowing exactly what alleles are present that could be passed to the next generation of offspring. Get more details about your, you getting involved in Neogen and looking at those genomics. It's just about making fewer mistakes, zeroing in on precision agriculture for the future. Neogen.com. Second half of Roll Road right after this. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Trent Luce, coming to you from the back of the bus, which I'm probably going to be saying until September. I don't hope to do this every time riding down the road in a bus. But, uh, Hank, i got to get the data on this. I know for a fact that we have more trees in the United States than we've had any time in the history of the United States. But- yep. We started this, I was just on the uh, edges of New Orleans. We're now headed up to Jackson, Mississippi. So see it today at the Mississippi State Fairgrounds if you're close. The trees are just like you're driving through a forest nonstop. You cannot tell me that all of these trees were here back when Mother Nature was ruling the day. And what is the environmental impact of our, all of these trees that we've, we have produced?
1: Well, they're not using the CO2, by golly. (laughs) They don't need CO2. Just ask the environmentalists, you know. Yeah, they don't Uh, don't do that. Ask John Kerry, who three
0: weeks ago said, In my tenure, I'm going to get rid of CO2. It's like, really? Life
1: ends without CO2, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, what did he get? I took biology, I think, in, in about the eighth grade or something. It wasn't as detailed as it did when I got to college, but it was at least a brush by right. that somehow a plant, a green living plant, can snip off a hydrogen molecule away from an oxygen molecule. The oxygen molecule uh, and the hydrogen molecule is combined with the CO2 to make cell walls. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I look at all of New England that was farmed. And even my cousins before Europeans showed up here used to have a slash and burn program where they raised their crops in the east well they're not doing that anymore but they burned the forest and guess where all the wildlife went where all the fresh vegetation was and then they could farm uh, with their slash and burn they could farm and raise corn and, and other products that they had to sustain themselves you know we always see the Native American Indian with a war bonnet a horseback which didn't show up here till 1492 and they were riding across the Great Plains chasing buffalo well my ancestors were farmers in North Carolina uh, you know I mean the the hypocrisy of what we teach people uh, people the the people that Lewis and Clark found, along the Columbia River and along the ocean were fishermen and and they protected the falls the salmon falls where they caught, sold salmon to uh, for other goods and services I mean, the, the fractured fairy tale that we've been telling each other it's education everything boils down to that it boils down to teaching your children that's even the Chinese proverb that I keep repeating if you're If your goals are short-term, plant rice. If your goals are of an intermediate term, plant trees. If your goals are long-term, 100 years or more, educate your children. I mean, it's just, there it is.
0: Why do we always harken back to Chinese proverbs, though?
1: Well, because my wife, a.k.a. Chairman Mao, uh no, I, I, I thought it was profound I don't care where it comes from you're talking about a civilization that's tens of thousands of years old and if you're going to have an enemy you have to understand your enemy and the, the average Chinese person is a capitalist pig but they have been after the second world war the communist Chinese through Mao Zedong uh, whatever it was whatever the politics of the day was he took over those people escaped to Taiwan and then they had oppression and starvation for tens of years and then Dong Ping, not Jing Jingping Dong Ping opened up the capitalist venue and they ain't never getting the genie back in the bottle I promise you uh, we're probably going to go to war with them there's no question about it Uh, but I guarantee uh, you you, you,
0: you're wrong, we're already there
1: well yeah okay we're in a war uh, internationally with trade and everything else Mm -hmm. And, and there are so many people in this country that have made money with the Chinese allowing them their goods and services, allowing them their technology and all of those things and then they bring it back to haunt us, yeah we're in a war right now there's no question about. It.
0: Yep. So, A war, particularly of information, and you know that this 5G thing—I I don't think there's anybody disputes the fact that it's all compromised with surveillance technology. Period.
1: Yeah. So.
0: All right, we got to get back here because we'll just continue to stray down other paths and rabbit holes. The Southern Nevada Water Authority did what to you over the weekend?
1: Well, last week. Leo came in, you know, Leo, been here for 30 years. Uh, And he's, you know, he goes, Hey, the guy introduced himself, Bernard Peterson. He described him to me. And it certainly described that colorful gentleman. Went up and broke the pipeline. So the water wouldn't run to the storage tank to where we could draft water out of it to irrigate. Used with baby lambs. Then he went over to the well Mm -hmm. and dismantled or, or, or disarmed the fuse box or did something and cut the electrical wires to the well. This is the same area that he tore out sheep troughs or had them tore out. I'm sure he didn't do it. But these are things that the elitists are able to do. If I did those things, I would be arrested. I, rep- I, I informed the BLM several years ago that I was going to replace an old rusted-out pipeline made of metal with a plastic pipeline and, and got their permission and everything, at least I thought I did. Uh, the the guy that I gave the information to was neglecting even writing it down, even though I gave it to him in writing. And I got called on the carpet for replacing that pipeline. Uh, And these people, there's no consequences to anything they do. Uh, They are, they have permits that no federal agency should allow them to have. They're not, uh, everything about the Taylor Grazing Act and all the exchanges of properties over the years does not include state agencies, subdivisions of the state of Nevada. Uh, This man swore a declaration under oath. And he willfully admits he works for Southern Nevada Water Authority, and they could have 18 different permits. Well, okay, that's illegal. But yeah, nobody, everybody's well, whistling past the graveyard here because it represents the most powerful organization, i.e., Southern Nevada Water Authority, in the world, in in, in Nevada, anyhow.
0: Yeah. Well, so, it's, it's no different than federal government owning 28% of the land mass of the U.S. That's not legal either, but they do it. Who holds them
1: accountable? 87% of Nevada is controlled by the federal government, whether it be force, BLM, or the atomic energy, or whatever, right. or, or military right. bases. And they're expanding it. They're wanting to expand the uh, bombing range, or whatever it is, of, of the Fallon Naval Air Station. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know all kinds of things that are just continually going on to tighten the grip on private enterprise. Is what it amounts to.
0: You know. So, uh, back to the, the the colorful gentleman that destroyed pipeline. I, how can you blatantly do that? That, that should, he should be charged and convicted of a crime.
1: Yes, sir. I know. I would. Yeah, you absolutely. Would. You would. Yeah, I mean once you put in a, a pipeline or anything, yes, technically you own that water unless you've made a deal to give part of your water rights to the BLM. But the water running that pipeline belongs to you. And when you petition the state who controls the water rights, mm-hmm. you petition the state. It's, you have to swear that you you control the permit. And the BLM provides them with that information. They have filed on after they were turned down for their pipeline, they were turned down for taking the water to Vegas twice in the federal courts. No. Come back later or whatever. They come out in the paper in March of last year or whenever, February, and and stated, well, I guess we're not going to do it. uh, Yada, yada, yada. Since then, they've filed on two spring areas of mine that has never been in contest, And the BLM had to have given them permission, and now they've put in water hall sites that include that area, which has never been in contest. I mean all of these things. and and I am in the, right now, I got a twenty thousand dollars trespass, which I haven't paid yet because i don't I don't admit guilt in the trespass. I've spent twenty thousand dollars at a lawyer, which this last couple of weeks, I'm sure that went up several thousand dollars. Trying to protect what I have owned three years prior to them, but have owned for uh, seventeen years, <laughs> and and they've got lawyers on staff. They have a bucket load of money behind it. Why shouldn't they have to prove that yeah. their side of the argument would be right? Why do, does well, the little guy have to do it? Because they figure they can drag me around by my nose till I'm broke.
0: Yeah, anybody that with five percent, criti- anybody with a five percent critical thinking mass can determine that they're all they're doing is trying to put you out of business by increasing your cost of defending what's yours.
1: Yep, you got it, and and, and, and this is the, this is the state and federal government in bed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is no different than China or Venezuela in that respect. I mean, for the amount of money that is allocated annually to Southern Nevada Water Authority this is coffee and donut money yeah. it's just that they made a mistake and they were allowed to make those mistakes to cover their backsides and now they do not want to set fess up that they made a mistake because why? We're, we're very smart people and we have experts hired spending bucket loads of money producing beef lamb, wool and alfalfa hay right because, but we're, we're smarter than you bunch of pumpkin rollers. Uh, we, we should be able to do this no matter what it costs because we are better than private enterprise. that I mean it's just the hypocrisy just absolutely is overwhelming. so anyhow.
0: with that, I need to take a break. We have one segment left on a Monday. Uh, don't, I think we're still in Louisiana getting close to Mississippi seeing Jackson tonight. Certified Piedmontese creates an opportunity Actually it's a Lone Creek Cattle Company That's created the opportunity with what we call Certified Piedmontese You take the Piedmontese bulls, breed them to your cows that's it. It's that simple, it's a terminal program you sell 100% of the calves Back to Lone Creek And you get paid a premium to the tune of 180 to possibly $300 per head. That's the program I'm on this year with the AAI. Marlon Will has full details about how you as a cattleman can get paid properly for the quality of beef that you produce. In the case of the Piedmontese, it's tender beef. Details at Lone Creek Cattle We're back with the final segment as the sun's now popping out of the clouds in the border of Mississippi, Louisiana. More rollout after this. Welcome back. Hank Vogler every Monday, rain, shine, trip, bus ride, whatever, train.
1: Train night. I've got, I've got something anecdotal for you. Okay. Besides that, my cousins were supposedly all a horseback, with feathers flowing and, and uh, uh, chasing buffalo. Uh. uh Those, these would be your American
0: ago, Indian cousins, not your German cousins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that okay, would be that track. would be the folks. <laughs> yes, yes. I just spent uh, my sister stopped by and brought me a picture of my uh, great grandfather who was the sheriff in uh, uh, Oklahoma and was also a full-blooded Indian. So from both sides of the family, uh, there are evidence that that uh, we were have been here for a while. But back to the story that I read several years ago about timber industry and how much the timber has been changed like New Hampshire and all those East Coast places were practically completely harvested at one time for timber. This guy in the Smithsonian Institute found some old tintypes or or photographs or whatever, you know, George Armstrong Custer. By the way, you know, he wore arrow shirts. Uh, Anyhow, he he, uh, wanted to reap with a grant Retrace the step that Custer took while he was in the west uh, waiting for the little bighorn to happen and evidently he stopped everywhere he could and took pictures so this guy's got all these pictures so he tries to go out through the Dakotas and all these places and he can't find it because lo and behold these open vistas that where the pictures were taken are all in timber so ever since the pioneers started crossing the Great Plains, and how did the Great Plains get there? Year after year after year of fire, right? Uncontrolled fire, because you just got out of the way, mm-hmm. or they, they, there's even evidence that, that the natives hunted with fire by pushing the, the buffalo or whatever into a corner. But they, you know, they didn't have a fire department. They didn't have boreal bombers or any of these things. So, well, fire just well kinda, when
0: you burn it every year you're just yeah, it, managing yeah, it's it not, you, you don't have to have a fire department
1: right well whatever those consequences were there was all these places this guy had to use uh, not GPS because it was a lot of years ago but they had to use cadastral survey to find out where Custer was standing at the time because it was open Savannah and now it's in timber so whether timbers a weed as it is in White Pine County, mm-hmm. uh, at one time they said Eureka, Nevada, with the with the charcoal industry that helped f- produce those mines and produce mineral wealth, it was eighty miles to a tree out of Eureka, Nevada. Yeah. Well, it's not that way now. Uh, it, the trees are practically down into town to where they've gone out and opened up those trees to have fire. So, everything, Mother Nature is going to, if you push her this way, she'll go that way. Uh, You know, uh, did the prairie chicken evolve into the sage grouse? Did the sage grouse evolve into the blue Who knows what the genetics 10,000, 50,000 years ago was, you know? Uh, The mastodons, did they ever walk through a sage hen lek? Or or, or did the buffalo or, or any of these animals, the wild camels that were here? By the way, there was some kind of a... Three toed horse that was here, and they figured during the Ice Age, when people came from Asia across either because the ocean was 600 feet lower, either mm-hmm. island hopped or came around through the Bering Sea, uh, they also brought modern weaponry with them and they over harvested the woolly mammoth, they over harvested the wild camel, and they over harvested the three toed horse and other animals and followed with them mm-hmm. came your yeah, well, well, hung, Hunger
0: will do that for you.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. When Jedediah Smith come across southern Nevada, he said he never saw anything once in a while, an antelope, but it was wild as the wind. They came along and before there was a, a lady with two small children had a pot going and she offered a part of the food and it was scorpions. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think they were living large at the time Apparently uh, not. Indians were no different than Chinese and, and, and uh, people from Tibet they were always fighting over territory and they pushed people out into the tougher territory from the ter- territory that was more desirable, the Shoshones, the Paiutes all these different tribes were here same with Africa there was not one tribe in Africa there were hundreds of them same in America everywhere there were people the mitochondria of every human being wants you first of all to keep starving to death and second you want a certain amount of control of what keeps you from starving to death territory we've always been territorial and we've given all of our rights as individuals to a federal government that doesn't have our best interests in mind they have consensus in mind that that keeps them in business
0: and as much as you and I can talk about how it's accelerated since uh, what we'll call um, inauguration day 2021 this is nothing new it may be accelerating right now but this has been occurring since the day the constitution was signed and finished government began to grow and the founding fathers told us it would do that
1: yes yes and it's up to us educate our children and stop this because when you let the the opposite you know to to the victor goes the spoils and part of that is the newspaper program the 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 writings the history is always from the victor it's not you know from the defeated and so they're writing tomorrow's school books to say that private property ownership is wrong Right. Uh, that the federal government is right, that to, to, to be a good little commie is the best for you, and don't you worry, we love you, we'll take care of you, but just don't get in our way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. Our kids are more important than your kids. That's what it amounts to. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the theory. My retirement is more important than your ability to feed your family. And if we need to squash you like a bug so we don't have to address the mistakes that we allowed SNWA to make or any other organization to make, we're going to blame you. We're going to dry you up because Mm -hmm. we don't want to face the consequences. We want our pension. We want all of the goodies that we've developed by taking this job. And we're going to make the excuses why our side of the equation is more important than yours. That's kind of human nature too Trent. believe it or don't or like it or not
0: I actually don't think the global elites are trying to build their retirement I think they just they're just addicted to controlling every aspect of the world and you and I are just little pawns
1: yeah and that's what made America great Mm -hmm. of the people by the people for the people and we are a republic not a democracy Democracy is my rule. They're the ones that vote $3 trillion worth. Of st- and, and the most horrible math equation on earth is that guess who's going to pay for it? They're already paying for it with the gas taxes because gas is almost doubled in price. It's the people on the low end of the... Yeah,
0: Hank. I was waiting... they
1: represent... But
0: they're the ones that are paying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for the first time since we started, we had a little bit of a issue with the internet because I am moving seventy miles an hour. But I think what you said was just to recap: uh, the people on the the people who just want to work every day on the low end of the spectrum are the ones that pay the price, and they're the ones that are often overlooked, and they're the ones they that pay I pay can- the
1: taxes. And I,
0: I continue to say, Hank, and all I'm, I'm doing is saying it. Uh, we in agriculture, those that produce food, fiber, pharmaceuticals, and fuel we need to partner with these folks who are just inner city America that want to provide for their families because together we could fix this thing
1: yep and they're paying right now the tax increase has hit them I am more than sure that Bill Gates does not know the price of gas in California or New York I'll bet you he doesn't even care because he wants to drive a Tesla or whatever, but the guy that has to get up and go to that minimum wage job or whatever is paying right now the first tax increases, and the tax burden will always fall on those people.
0: Funny you said that, as as we you said doesn't know what the price of gas is. The price of diesel at that truck stop was three oh eight as I passed it on the interstate. <laughs>
1: I'm on a, a it. It's almost four dollars out here. Yeah.
0: I saw that when I was in Tulare. When I flew into Fresno, I saw some diesel for four twelve. But I mean, I mean Louisiana is number three petro-producing state in the nation. It should be cheaper.
1: Yes, yes, and in California, they're a huge producer. Of, of fuel too. The problem is, is the the government wasteful programs are huge, and so the government taxes are huge. Yeah, and and the cost of doing business is huge. All of those things, you know, when they put your thumb their thumb on you, it's a rule and a regulation is the same as a tax. It costs you money to comply.
0: You know, you actually just corrected me very correctly, and that is the the price of fuel. Is the same everywhere. The difference between California and, in this case, Louisiana, is the government tax. It's in the middle. So, bottom line is there's an extra dollar of every gallon going to feed some government program compared to most of the rest of the nation. But the fuel cost right. is the same.
1: Yes. Yes, and it's competitive. That's why it costs less than it does in most countries. It's not controlled by the government on the production end. But those production people have to comply with a bucket load of rules and regulations. Some of them need to be in place. Others do not. Others are just justifying the jobs of the people that rule over you, that that, uh, uh, provide that oversight. And to say, well, we had to find that print loose, you know, he had he had one too many pigs in in, in those crates in these barns, so we're, right. we're gonna we're gonna cut him down.
0: <laughs> All right. We're in the final minute, your profound parting wisdom of the day.
1: The one word that sinks into my skull the deepest and the hardest is the difference between unalienable which means that is a right that cannot be taken away from you. And this was started to change back in, I think, the 1800s to inalienable inalienable rights. You could trade them off for security. And Franklin or Jefferson or one of those guys, they were in the front of the class. I don't remember uh, which one of them said it. But when you trade your rights for security, your freedom, you'll neither be free nor secure.
0: And that will do it. We have successfully journeyed down the road,
1: connecting Roland
0: Urban America on a first bus ride of Roll Route 2021. Both of us remind you, all roads do lead to a Roll Route